Hey guys, it is December 8th, 2017, and you are listening to the Salvage Title Podcast, a podcast about car news, car culture, car whatever. Uh, hey guys, uh, if you are listening on Anchor FM, you may have just heard Swish Swish by Katy Perry as you lead into the show. Uh, folks, Anchor FM is a great way to listen to this podcast. Definitely recommend you doing so. But hey, any other place podcasts are sold, that totally works too. But, uh, yeah, hi, everybody. It's Friday. Um, not a lot of car news this week. Kind of a disappointing week. We're coming off the, uh, LA Auto Show. It was a pretty good auto show. Um, yeah, there's not a whole lot going on. So this week, uh, we're gonna kinda make it up as we go, as it is. Uh, first segment, uh, the usual news story. We're gonna talk about the new Cadillac XT3. Um, there's some pre-production prototypes rolling around. Uh, some thoughts on that vehicle. Uh, the second section where we kind of talk about cultural kind of whatever things is usually the segment as it goes. Uh, talk about the new Nissan Leaf and the uh, reviews that are coming in for the American version of the car. Uh, talking a lot about how boring the car is and whether or not that's important. Um, here's a hint. I don't really think so. Uh, and then last up, a car that's been on my mind, uh, the Cadillac CTSV, the first generation Cadillac CTSV. Uh, I saw one driving down the road today, and snowflakes are flying here in West Michigan. We got two inches of snow the other night. We're due to get five to seven later today. And this guy is driving a first-generation Cadillac CTSV, a car that I will argue is a collector's item. In the snow. Madman. It's crazy. But anyway, guys, uh, step back in after the bump. We'll talk a little bit of car news. See you in a bit. All right, news segment. Uh, kind of grasping at straws here, but uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Cadillac XT3 uh, prototypes that have been rolling around outside of GM's uh, testing facility in Detroit. And I guess it's more of a warning. I don't even know if warning is the right word to use. Uh, more or less, this is exactly what you think it is. It's a Cadillac XT5, but it's smaller. So take the uh, XT5 design elements, I'm guessing both inside and out, shrink it down. Now it looks like this thing might have some of the uh, Scala concept design features from a year or so ago um, with the big mesh grill, uh, the floating badge in the center, um, some more drapey lines, but I mean it's a Cadillac. It's not going to change too too much uh, just with one little vehicle. Uh, more than likely this is going to have a corporate platform. Read Chevrolet Equinox with corporate drivetrains. Read the 1.5 liter turbo with optional all-wheel drive and the 9-speed automatic. Uh, I'm willing to bet it will have the diesel from the terrain as an option just because that is viewed as a luxury good, think, what Audi and Mercedes does. Um, yeah, I mean, try to get excited about this. You can't. It's, it's corporate badge engineering. It's the same shit that got GM in trouble a decade ago and they're pulling it on this again, and they seem to think that just because people, consumers are just throwing their fucking money down the fucking hole of crossovers, that this is going to be a big money maker. I just, I don't understand it. You know, I would think that in my brain, and granted I don't run a multi-billion dollar automotive company, but I would think that you would want to focus on your core vehicles first before doing something like this that's literally a badge job that's just throwing money down a fucking hole and hoping that it comes back up when the water maybe eventually rises. 
I don't know. It's just, it's, it's bad. It's just bad. We're more likely going to see this car at the uh, NAIS, the uh, Detroit Auto Show, in uh, 2018. It's probably going to be available on the streets at the end of 2018. And I'm going to call it right now. It's going to be the same kind of thing that the X-T5 had. An underwhelming vehicle in a market where competition is high. Higher than high. And, you know, Cadillac, for all of the money that GM has spent to make Cadillac better which they have done on several products, they've really dropped the ball when it comes to crossovers and SUVs. Um, you know, I, I will openly admit that I generally am a GM guy. That by f- de facto makes me a Cadillac fan. You know, uh, there are some biases there. But I, I, I love Cadillac both historically and for the most part right now, with exception to the crossover games that they're playing. And the X-T5 is just such a terrible vehicle. Like, just such a bad buy. That I don't know why anybody in their right mind would think that making the X-T3 is a good idea. I I just, I don't know. It's aggravating. So, what can I hope for? I think something that would shock me, that I think would be really interesting for Cadillac to do to make this a different vehicle, I think would be to make it diesel only. Um, you know, that's really going to eliminate a lot of potential buyers because you're increasing the base price. But you could make an argument that the cost is more effective. I don't know. If they're not doing diesel only, I would suggest doing some kind of mild hybrid and making it a little more fuel efficient in that regard and saying, hey, Lexus, why don't you make hybrids, you know, standard? Hey, BMW, you don't do this. Why, why, why are we the one to do this? But then the other problem is, is that you're still getting a bad infotainment system you're getting interior quality bits that are at best questionable uh, in many cases, especially for the amount of money that you're paying. And then ultimately you're getting something that, you know, is going to depreciate like a rock. Like, I mean, it's just, it's going to, it's going to drop and that's, that's it. So Cadillac's got its work cut out for it. Um, I think they've got a lot of things to prove. If the CT6 and CTS and ATS are anything as an example, they can do great things when they apply their time and technology to it. But I'm not getting my hopes up for the X-T3. I hope you're not either. But we will see in the next couple of weeks. So reviews of the 2018 Nissan Leaf are starting to hit, and it's a pretty resounding review, I don't even know what you want to say, uh, criticism of the car, that it's very boring. And I don't see why that's a problem. I, I, I don't know. Uh, the, the, the Leaf has been around for near enough a decade. Uh, you know, whether it's a, in some kind of concept form or production vehicle or whatever, we've had it for near enough a decade and the car is known for being the boring EV that you choose because you want a car to easily take from home to work, to the gym, to the grocery store and back home again on a single charge. And the Leaf will do it. You know, the Leaf had a smaller range initially. I think it was right around 80 miles. Later versions got closer to 100. This new one's around 130. You can go pretty far on a single charge. You can charge the car, or at least the new Leaf, uh, up to 80% of the battery's capacity in 30 minutes on a DC fast charger. 
all in all, that makes it a pretty livable car if you live in an area with a small enough commute to be able to use that effectively. And I have to admit that's pretty exciting. Um, these are cars that you're going to be able to buy for somewhere in the mid, mid-low $20,000 range if you live in the right part of the country with the various tax incentives. Uh, keep in mind that this car starts at $30,000. You've got the $7,500 tax credit for the federal government. Um, some state incentives are anywhere from $1,000 to $2,500 on top of that. Some local incentives in some places of the country are another $1,000 beyond that. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, you can get this car for pennies on the dollar. And it's got 150 miles of range. And it's got Android Auto and Apple CarPlay, at least on the mid-tier versions. Um, I don't know. It seems like a smart choice. And with so many people, you know, like me, who want a car that's, you know, engaging and fun to drive and feels good, you've got 10 other people who don't want that. They just want a car that's got a radio and can get them to work for cheap and make them, you know, they don't have to work on it. They don't have to constantly be fiddling with the engine or the gearbox. This is a car that just works. It's got an electric motor. It's got a CVT gearbox. Uh, you know, it's it's got cruise control. It's got climate control. It's it's going to work well. I you know, it's boring. The facts are boring. You know, the the engineer the minutia of day-to-day commuting for most Americans is boring. And if the car is going to have comfortable seats and not be a worry to you as a driver, I don't see what's wrong with that. Um, you know, Nissan it's it's a good effort. You know, it's definitely a car that is a byproduct of a lot of smart choices by listening to their consumers, the people who have purchased Leafs before. You know, they've made a better Leaf. And I think the thing that's the most exciting about this car is what the used vehicle prospects are uh, in the next couple of years. Um, if you've ever paid attention to the used car market on EVs, it is a bloodbath with what these cars do. Uh, in terms of depreciation. So never buy an EV. Always lease an EV. But in these cases, uh, what you're seeing is that uh, you can buy a used Nissan Leaf, like a 2011, 2012, an earlier run vehicle. Yes, they do have some issues with the batteries in terms of like a temperature fluctuations and range. A little bit more of an issue with that than the later ones do. Uh, but you can get an early one with less than 40,000 miles on the odometer uh, for seven, eight, grand like that's crazy like if you've got a small commute and you live in a decently sized city and you have a way to charge it i don't see any reason why you wouldn't buy a car like this yes you can't take it across the state or to another big state or do a big car trip you can rent a car for that this i i don't know it's just like if you could buy a 2018 leaf in three years for 10 grand or less i don't see why you wouldn't like if especially if it's a mid-tier like sv trim with a lot of the gizmos and doodads that make it really cool i don't know that's a smart buy we'll have to talk about that in the uh salvage title uh car buyer's guide podcast to maybe get a better idea what's going on but uh yeah this is going to be a pretty crazy deal going forward so yes it's okay that this car is boring people are still going to buy it and that's totally okay Last up, a car that's been in my mind, and that is the first-generation Cadillac CTS-V sedan. 
guys, I saw somebody driving one today. Well, I'm, I'm sitting at Wendy's. Let me paint the picture. I'm sitting at Wendy's. I'm eating my four-piece chicken tenders. Delicious meal. Uh, you know, I'm looking out the view, the view of the window. I like sitting by the windows there because you can see the traffic going by. The snowflakes are flying. It's wintertime here in West Michigan. Uh, we just got two to three inches the other day. We're due to get another five to seven tonight. Uh, yeah, this guy pulls up in a shiny, clean, fresh-looking first-generation CTSV. I'm guessing it was probably a 2005 uh, based on some of the accoutrement that was on it. Uh, Jet black, beautiful car. I, I'm 100% of the mind that the first-generation Cadillac CTSV is the car that we owe all of the current good Cadillac features, intentions, market share, whatever, too. And, you know, it's it's crazy that this guy's out driving this thing with the salt on the roads and everything. This I'm this car's a future classic. Well, I think well-maintained versions of this car, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now could easily fetch some of the higher dollar figures that some currently current luxury classics are fetching. But for those of you who weren't keeping track at home, the uh, first-generation Cadillac CTS-V obviously based on the baseline Cadillac CTS, car that debuted the new Sigma platform, which went, ended up going under a bunch of other different Cadillacs. Uh, it was designed to be a 3-series competitor, despite the fact that it kind of walked a weird line between the 3-series and 5-series in terms of size and performance. Um, but the CTS-V, the first one anyway, uh, they took the LS6 from the uh, then C5 generation Corvette, the Z06 model, um, the uh, LS6 was a 5.7 liter V8, had different heads uh, that made a little bit more power. Uh, early ones had 505 horsepower. Um, later Chevrolet Corvettes uh, got the LS2, at least with the C6, uh, that kind of split the difference there while the CTS was still going on. Eventually the LS2 made its way into the CTS. Um, it gained a little bit of power and torque, if I remember correctly, but the, the early LS6 cars, to me, are the ones to get just an all-around capable car. Uh, it rides really well. You know, it's not too loud, but it's loud enough. It's not too quiet. It's just comfortable enough to be un-Cadillac, to be a little more dramatic, but not be too dramatic, if that makes sense. Wow, that was a weird thing to say. But yeah, like, you you know, early ones you could only get in like two colors, if I remember right, which was like black and silver. Um, I think there was a burgundy added at some point. Maybe I'm making this up. I don't remember. It was, I just remember reading about the car when I was in high school and just thinking it was the coolest thing ever. So seeing well-kept ones like this out on the road today, I guess applause for the guy for driving it. Um, a little bit of shaking the finger at saying, not in weather like this. I think rain is one thing. Uh, snow is another thing. But, wow. Cool car. Just a cool car. Uh, you know, I would be interested to see what some of the uh, used values are on these things today. Especially the early ones uh, compared to the later ones. Uh, just, just a cool car. Anyway, guys, if you got any thoughts on the uh, first generation CTSV, feel free to hit me up here on last, or excuse me, this isn't last FM. This is Anchor FM. Anchor.fm slash YSSMAN. You can do a call in or you can hit me up on Twitter at YSSMAN. Uh, those are places where you can go. We can talk about cars. We can talk about whatever. But I always like it when we talk about cars. All right, guys. See you after the bump. 
All right, guys, that just about wraps up this episode of the Salvage Title Podcast for December 8th, 2017. Uh, Happy Friday if you're listening to this on a Friday. Hope you had a great day if you're listening otherwise. Uh, As always, I'm your host, Brad Azalek, and you can find me at YSSMAN on Twitter. Uh, You can drop a line to me here on Anchor FM, uh, anchor.fm slash YSSMAN. If you haven't listened uh, to some of my other shows, we do another one called The Salvage Title Car Buyer's Guide. Uh, We just did an episode last week about compact crossovers and SUVs. Um, Will we have an episode this week? Maybe. Uh, With all the talk about EVs that I do on many episodes of the Salvage Title Podcast, I think it is time to do an EV buyer's episode of the Car Buyer's Guide. I don't know. We'll see. It's a thing. Um, If you guys are linker... Listen... Not linkering, but listening. If you're listening here on Anchor.fm, we're going to close out the show with Katy Perry's Deja Vu. Um, If you've noticed a little bit of a theme today, uh, I did go see Katy Perry in concert last night, blown away by the production of the show. Hadn't really listened to her new album. Found a couple songs I really like. I'm pumping them out here, guys. So with all that in mind, I hope you have a great weekend. If I don't see you before Christmas, have a happy Christmas. We're going to do a couple more episodes before then. But, uh... Yeah, stay safe out there, guys. The snowflakes are falling both here in Michigan and apparently in Houston, Texas. So if you're in a part of the country that's seeing snow, keep an eye out for black ice. Drive safe. Drive defensively. Stay warm. Do whatever you got to do. Just be a good person. We'll see you guys next time.